0: Hello and thank you for joining myself, Dominic Shaw, Anthony Vickers and Jonathan Taylor for our latest Tripe Supper Middlesbrough podcast. You'll be absolutely gutted to hear that we're looking back on the uh, the defeat at Bristol City on Saturday, which was, I think we all agreed, the low point of the season so
1: far, fellas. Yeah, without a doubt. I think that the Borough and Gary Monk have had setbacks previously, but... Given what was said in the aftermath of that derby uh, result, how it was a, a week of strong discussions in quotation mark, and uh, given it was on the on the on the box, and everyone was expecting a response from Borough uh, heading into the the twenty game mark, um, it was it was flat beyond belief, really, wasn't it? And whereas perhaps you could claim against Derby that the first half was was decent with some promising signs and Borough were a bit unfortunate and lost their heads, you'd be pretty hard pushed to find too much positive about, about Saturday and obviously the misery was compounded because it was beamed to the TVs of thousands of Middlesbrough fans uh, back at home as well
0: So here we are Vic with, with 20 games into the season which was supposed to kind of be the start of a, of a new era after the not a new era that's overdoing it but after the disappointment of, of last season you know you draw a line into that you spend all the money in the summer you go into the season as, as pre-season favourites uh, you bring in players like British Ombelonga and Martin Braithwaite who any manager in the uh, in the championship would love to have how, how is it then that, that 20 games into the season Borough find themselves ninth and, and, and I mean there was open speculation on Monday morning about is Gary to Get the sack.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I think a lot of people were expecting to be sat around, you know, waiting for the white smoke. Uh, I think it is quite spectacular the speed with which this crisis has developed. Uh, You you said you you weren't sure if it was a new era. Well, well, I think it probably was a new era. Uh, The entire backroom staff has been changed Uh, 10 out, 10 10 in, so the the entire playing squad has been changed. And when the chairman made his State of the Nation uh, address after relegation, he he talked quite clearly about changing the style to be more attacking and more creative. So that's pretty much a a revolution as well after three years of of, uh, uh, rigid uh, functionalism. So I, I think it was the start of a new era, and it was underpinned by a quite spectacular spending spree. And you can sit down and say, well, you know, it was only... Ten or twelve or fourteen million net, which is still a lot of money in the Championship, by the way. But all the money that from sales was invested in the squad was a forty million pound plus investment in new talent. So I think that uh, is you know, it's a show of intention. It's a it's a massive, massive in investment of resources for a club Middlesbrough size, and it underlined the ambitions and expectations. And I think that's why you have a crisis, because it's fallen short of what were really quite dramatic aims for the season. Uh, Given everything that's happened, I think almost everyone would expect Borough to be within a couple of points of where Wolves are.
1: What's Steve Gibson thinking now, John? Oh, very difficult, isn't it? I I think that he would... He'd be trying to cling to some kind of positives, but it must be galling for him because, you know, he... Look, he didn't have to spend the forty million pounds. I think everyone accepted when Borough went down that they had the bulk of a Championship squad there, so perhaps they didn't need to go out and buy ten new signings. They needed new attackers. They needed a little bit of attacking oomph and a bit of kind of flair. But but maybe they didn't need major surgery. But I mean, fair play, but he put his hand in his pocket and he said, "No, no." I mean, we were all put through the mill in 2015-16. He appreciated that there's. Um, the club was kind of in a bit of a downward spiral certainly kind of psychologically it was damaging last season and by spending that money and making as many changes as he did many of us thought that well he's he's he really by doing that he's not willing to to for it to go to the wire like he did last time he wanted Borough to go up not only go up convincingly but also do it with a bit of a swagger and not have to bite our fingernails um, so he I think will be I think you'd be very surprised and very alarmed um, by the way that it's just unfolded. Because, I'm, like we've all said, I mean, I think generally speaking, I think most people on T side agreed that Gary Monk was probably the right fit. He, you know, he's an advocate of the style of football that Borough wanted to play. Most of the signings, on the face of it, looked fairly decent. I mean, there's a couple of question marks over a couple of them, but generally speaking, very tried and tested at this level. So. On paper, in terms of a strategy, you'd imagine the chairman has done everything to the T, really. Um, but how it's unfolded, don't know. And now he's got a major decision because, to the outside looking in, people will look at Borough and say, well, look, they're only six points off the playoffs. You know, teams have recovered quite easily from that position. But equally, those of us that have watched all 20 games plus this season will think that that side, based on what we've seen, have no chance of finishing the playoffs.
0: I was speaking to a, a reporter who covers another club at the weekend, and, and he said, like what you'd said there, it was, was that the prompted uh, prompted me to think of it. And he said that looking in in the summer, he saw Monk and he thought perfect fit. Yeah. You know, he's, he's going in. He's a sound manager. He's a rock solid manager. He, you know, he's not going to go in and, and, and upset things if he's got a decent squad. The makings are there for him to, to almost kick on in his own career. Um, we know that Steve Gibson is very loyal to his managers. Vic, does he have a decision to make, or is it is it too early? Uh, it, it depends
2: whether they see signs that we don't On, on the training ground of, of things coming together And Obviously uh, it, it, was, it was a major break with last season uh, But also I, I don't think we should forget That last season ended in a particularly toxic squabble And with the club dysfunctional and divided And maybe that has proved a lot harder To, to shift that gloom than we thought you know, you tend to assume that when you bring new players in and throw money around, that everything's hunky dory, and maybe it wasn't quite as clear cut. Uh, the, the, the break completely with Aitor Karanka's regime and all the, all the backroom staff leaving means that the, there's very little continuity there. You can't even take the positives out of it. And a new regime has had to start absolutely from scratch. And maybe we expected instant results. I mean, we know that the first six weeks, eight weeks of the season was a a formation flux with changes in personnel and and, uh, shape almost between every game. And clearly it hasn't bedded in. And that comes down to results. You know, if you get off to a flyer and morale is, is high and confidence is bubbling, then it's much easier to put the the planks of a new philosophy in place. Uh, I mean, at Wolves, for instance, you know you, you get six wins under your belt and everyone's absolutely buzzing, and that gives you the leeway and the confidence to, to make the changes you want behind the scenes. If results are patchy, performance is patchy, and you're chopping and changing the team, it's much harder to imprint a, a DNA. And I think people have said one of the problems is that we don't really know what this team is. We don't know what what Borough's philosophy is, or what its tactical drive is, or what Gary Monk's trying to do. And if we don't know that, and we watch every game, then that clearly that's the problem with the side. That, that it's not fully formed yet. So maybe because it's not fully formed, given the expectation levels, maybe it's not a surprise that it's fallen short of. Massively inflated expectations, given the fact that it's the problem was was probably harder than
0: we thought. I, I, I think you know, even even if there is an acceptance that that um, the expectations were a high, should still O'Stillborough have been better off than than where they are? You know, yeah. st- even, even even if you'd have classed a, a moderate start, at what you deem an acceptable start would be what. Fourth, fifth, six, six yeah. or seven points better off. It 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 it's a a severe underachievement. Score, oh,
1: absolutely severe. Of course, it is. Um, and the difficulty is, it's it's quite difficult to put your finger on what is the single biggest factor in behind the start. And if we're talking kind of about about Monk's future, I mean. Mung, he was always, you know, he will claim mitigation, won't he? And he'll always say, look, the psychological impact of last season was always going to carry over. And to a degree, I think that's what bought him a little bit of, of kind of a honeymoon period or a bit of time at the start of the season where Borough was starting slow. Now, bringing a new manager in, I don't think necessarily will fix that. I think Borough's problems are more deep-rooted than that because I'm sure that Gary Mung and his team have desperately tried to sort that kind of mentality out. So that's a major concern. But then... Monk does have to carry the can an awful lot for some very big decisions that seem strange from the outside and obviously haven't been helped because he hasn't been given the the chance to explain it to the local press and and therefore the fans. I mean, his his formations, it took far too long to find that out. I mean, given that he was appointed in June, he should really have known what his best system was straight away you know some of his, his selection decisions have been odd the way that a player can go from the first team out of the squad back on the bench it doesn't make sense and and the change in the, the playing style really as well like I think he has to carry the camp for that because there is a a weakness his, the changes that he's directly made have impacted and, and made for a week because well look of the 11 times that they've, there's you know concede the first goal they've only won one so he has to carry a lot but equally I do fear that there's a couple of deep rooted problems here where perhaps taking the manager out might not fix it like like the psychological impact I mean I don't
0: but but there's a lot of new players in there you know if you were looking at the team on on, on Saturday for example you keep your right back um, well, you've got one, six
1: new signings. Yeah, you, one of the seven
0: midfielders. Yeah, yeah. so that, that's more than half the team.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, and he's made. The, that's the, that's a concern for him. But I mean, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think that there is clearly something wrong there, and I don't know how, to what extent that is Gary Monk's fault, and to what extent it's something else. Um, but ultimately, I mean, it's his responsibility. The
0: uh, a couple of things. You you, keep, you kind of we've discussed it on, on numerous occasions, and I've read, I read pundits and hear pundits saying it. I know that um, that Wade Elliott said it, it was the pundit on Sky at the weekend said that Gary Monk's got too many options. Um, Vic, earlier in the earlier in this podcast, you you mentioned that there was kind of an expectation this season that there wasn't going to be wasn't only going to be results, but that there was going to be a style of yeah. play. Uh, I've asked this question already before, I'm sure, on a podcasters. Has, has Monk come in and tried to be something he's not? You know, when, when he took charge, we heard from from all the delirious Leeds fans, didn't we? That he's he, he he's got he hasn't got a plan B. He's very rigid. Uh, he, he relied on Chris Wood last season and, and we haven't really seen that You know, we've seen two, three centre, he started the season with three centre forwards in um, was, it, was he trying to be overly offensive, has he, has he not played to his own strengths do you
2: think? Uh, possibly I mean possibly you come in and you get given a brief, uh, the brief at his, his previous clubs would have been different at, at Swansea obviously they were uh, the, the battle at Swansea is to stay in the Premier League so a lot of that is a lot more compact and being organised and you know, having to explore Expect that you spend a lot of time without the ball. Uh, at Leeds, I think they probably started off in that scenario, I mean, uh, and as the season went on, maybe we were expected to be a little bit more expansive. And as you say, they, they, they fell lucky in that, that uh, Chris Woods had a, had a purple patch that meant that was getting them through games. Uh, he's come here with, his, with a different brief, which was to play more expansive football and been given the luxury of being able to buy a lot of good players. And sometimes that can be a double-edged sword if you've got too many players. If you have a problem, sometimes it's easier to try and solve it by changing the players and bringing a different player in rather than sticking with what you've got and maybe tweaking it tactically and making them a little bit more organised. Sometimes it is easy to, to try other players. And as soon as you start doing that and chopping and changing, you're losing the opportunity to build relationships on the pitch, build continuity and get the psychological balance in a team that's really important that gets you through games and although there have been spells where you've gone three or four games unchanged, it's not often and you know we go into games every week you know, fully expecting that there could be two, three, four changes, not quite knowing if there's going to be a change of shape. And that must get to the players as well. I mean, if you know that you're in every week and you've got to do it and, uh, and, you know, and deliver and be part of this, the squad, that's a different pressure from being one mistake away from being out of the squad.
0: Yeah, what of, of the players think in general because... You're going through, you've got Darren Randolph, who came from a Premier League club. You've got yes. British Sombolanga, who, who needs to test himself in the Premier League. You've got Ben Gibson, who was in the England squad next uh, last season. Martin Braithwaite, who came for, for £10 million and has made it absolutely clear he wants to be playing in the Premier League. And I know they're, you know they're the ones on the pitch, but this isn't what they signed up for in the summer, is it? This isn't how it was meant to work out.
1: No, no, it's not. And uh, you get you get the impression you know certainly if you look to Saturday and when Bristol City scored the goal I think there was a lot of looking around almost uh, at each other but nobody was taking responsibility and it comes back to the point I made uh, you know, that I tend to make is that there's no on-field leader there. I know that Ben Gibson was wearing the armband but I don't think he was in in character on Saturday I think that in terms of leadership it all has to come through it seems to all come through Grant Lippeter and he is the, the on-field leader when Borough don't have him in the team, they're not the same team. They don't. the, the confidence seems to sap out of the. I think I said to you earlier, is of, of the seven games they've lost already this season, he's featured in only two of them. Now that that's true, so that's a concern. Um, uh, back to a, kind of what Vic said. I, I do think Gary Monk deserves a lot of flack for, for the way that he's, he changed the team and the formation earlier mm-hmm. in the season. But I, I think in, he would probably argue that in the last three weeks his hands being forced he, he thought that he found the spine of the team i.e. the centre-backs the centre-mids but at Leeds he was forced into changing um, the, the back-forward Christie against Derby he was forced into changing the centre-mid through House and being banned and, and then again on, on Saturday he was, he was forced into changing one of his centre-backs so I'm sure that's what he'll claim he'll claim if it was available to me I would be showing that consistency but equally um had Borough, has he done that since the start of the season, there's no doubt whatsoever that Borough would not be in the position he are in
0: now. How, how does he turn it around then? How does Borough turn it around? Do, do you bring the changes on Saturday, Ipswich?
1: That's the big question, isn't it? That's, that's,
2: uh, that's what he gets paid to do. Yeah, it's, it's really easy to say, this is how we should do it. and and I mean We all have different opinions on how what formation you, you would pick and which players you want on the, the pitch. But then you run the risk of changing again. Uh, so the, the question is, do you keep faith with the group that you've got, the shape that you've got and say to them, you know, you looked good for that 45 minutes against Derby. Go and do it for 90 minutes. You owe the fans a display. It's up to you. You're playing for pride, your price tag, your reputation. You want to be in the Premier League, go out and prove it. Or does he say you've underperformed and then start changing the shape again? I mean, there's there's an argument you you could do that. I mean, we haven't seen Lewis Baker. Uh, You know, we haven't seen... uh, 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 Tavernier looked good for six games and he's disappeared. Ryan and hasn't, hasn't had a fair crack <laughs> of the whip. You could change it all Bad again. Clayton, yeah. it? I mean, but I mean, as soon that. as you do that, you raise the stakes. Because if you make changes and you get it wrong, you are a numpty.
0: But, but if you don't do that, so mm-hmm. it, for example, on Saturday, Monk came in afterwards and, and he described the performance as unacceptable yeah. repeatedly. So if he then says that, lambasts them cancels the day off hasn't I mean on Monday when, when initially he'd been told you know he'd told have well, two days off if he then does all that but then doesn't change the team what, what sort of message does that send to the likes of Patrick Banford and Lewis Baker and, yeah. and Ryan Shotton who, who wasn't even on the bench at the weekend Adam Clayton it, there's no faith there it there no, he'll no send, the,
1: send the wrong message won't it? And I do think he you know, we went for a half being on the back of a bad performance, he has tended to change it, um, yeah. and I think that equally, when players have performed well in the cups, they, he has given them a go. But yeah, I completely agree, he needs to make changes and for, for his own future, he needs to look after number one now I think and so on Saturday he needs to pick players who he can guarantee are going to give him 7 out of 10 forget the possibility of someone giving him a 9, he needs, who can I rely on now because it's a one game season for Gary Monk now isn't it? And, and who, are those, who
0: are those players?
1: Well you'd probably, you know, you'd probably have to look at someone like a Rudy Gisted who, who every time he's played he's given him a solid enough performance. do you
2: change the shape to get all those players on the Yeah
1: beach? well you probably have to, I think he now needs to trust who can 7 out of 10, so I mean, I don't think it's the, the game for Adama Traore. I think Johnny Howson will be very fortunate to keep his place, where I think Fran Lebbe is an absolute shoe in. Um, I mean, the back four is a difficult one because nobody really is given a 7 out of 10, but that's the thing. Gary Monk now needs to look after number one and, and he needs to forget about reputation, he needs to think. I need to win this football game Potentially My job might be on the line um, So yeah I don't think he'll fear Making change. I expect him to make changes I expect Rudy step To come straight back in as well uh,
0: Are there any players in there who, who, who would genuinely Have the right to feel Hard done buy If they were dropped For him uh, Fabio
2: Fabio Yeah we, we struggled to Dish the stars out on, on Saturday There was a few people Who had a decent First half And then were all at sea In the second half There's a couple of people who you think, well, they've had a one-off day. Cyrus Christie, for instance, who's been good throughout the season but was poor Mm -hmm. on Saturday. Uh, Darren Randolph didn't look particularly commanding on Saturday, but you would say that over the course of the season, he's got to be in there.
1: Stewie, probably.
2: Stewie had a a wobbly second half and was possibly culpable at some point in the the chain of uh, chaos that led to the goals. So there's very few people that could stand up and say... I deserve a place because, it, it, part of anything else, they are part of the collective that is failing in the games that are, that are being labelled as must-win matches. Uh, personally, uh, this is just just me. I, I would change the shape and I'd go three-five-two to get more people in midfield and an extra striker up.
0: Before we wrap up then, you know, you're looking at a bulk of games now before Christmas. Ipswich, Millwall, Sheffield Wednesday, Bolton, Aston Villa before before the turn of the year. Five games. Um, there are a growing number of fans. You can't get away from the fact that there are a growing number of fans who appear to have made the mind up on Gary Monk. What, what does he have to do? What does Borough have to do now to go into the new year? Do, do they need to win five games yeah. out of five? Do they need to win four out of five, three out of five and two draws? What, you know, do, they, do they need performances or performances more important than results? What do they need in this next bulk of games?
2: When a section of the fans have turned, it's very hard to put the genie back in the bottle. And the only thing that does it is winning games. If you win games, you can get away with performance not being great. So you need to win games. And they need to win games at home. Uh, there 's very few well, uh, people at, uh, the home games that have not been brilliant there 's been twenty minutes here, fifteen minutes there, little flashes, but generally it has not been a season that 's going to encourage people to get behind the manager, uh, so they need to they need to get results, they need to turn on the style at home and give people some reason to think well actually there is something there mm. because every bad performance will mean that the people who have made their public decision that they're against the manager take heart grow louder grow in numbers it's really hard to turn the back yeah. you've got to keep winning
1: yeah he's got a real problem I think going Monk now because as I said I do think that a reasonable size proportion of the fan base have decided um, have made their mind up and you named those, those games there I mean I don't think you could handpick. Many worse fixtures at the minute than you know, it's switch at home, it's switch looking for their, their I think third one on the balance. You're looking at Millwall, who have just you know kicked Sheffield United to death and, and got the three points. He has to win virtually every game. And if you look at the eight, you know, it, it's an 18 point gap, isn't it, between Borough and and um, potentially the Wolves uh, if, if they win. Um, Fourteen points between second place. You need to go on an unbelievable run to get anywhere near that now. I mean, you surely need to. You surely need to focus on top six first. Yeah. Well, forget about the top two for
0: now and just get. Yeah. Because the point is, every time Borough have got into the top six, you've thought, right, let's now kick on, let's become part of the furniture here, and they haven't. Yeah. They've, they've fallen back.
2: And they need a run of five wins out of seven, or six wins out of eight, or something like that, to give them momentum, claw back the lost ground, and. Uh, give people something to cling on to that there is hope in the second half of the season
0: He is hoping, thanks fellas, cheers